when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, August 19th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 257. I'm your host, Austin Walker, and I'm feeling it. I'm doing big stretches. Yeah. It is It is kind of warm out again. <laughs> There's people outside the studio talking. I bet they can hear me. I don't care. Joining me today, <laughs> Kato is in the booth. Hi. Hi, Kato. Patrick, on the line. Out here making bad movie decisions on the weekend. That's Damn. what I'm doing. Yeah, Rob Zachney also here. But Patrick. <laughs> yeah. I just, I really, what I wanted to, just to be clear, I was not cutting off Rob, mm-hmm. but Rob gave an inquisitive look, and I also have that inquisitive look. And so, what, what bad movie, what, blah, 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 what right. bad movie so, decisions? So, my, my wife has been feeling under the weather, and so she's been going to bed early, being okay. totally reasonable. Yeah. Get her kid down. She's like, I'm done. See ya. Like, gotta, <laughs> Peace. going to tomorrow. Um, and, we have like extremely similar tastes in like like films and TV, so it makes it incredibly difficult. Like if we're not watching together, my options are super limited right. um, because I will conceivably be watching something that she would want to watch, and you know, given the time is limited, don't want to watch it twice. So, but in that box are like, um, she does. If a sad movie is really good. Like an Oscar, like say, like you like a movie that feels important, yeah. she'll watch it. But otherwise a movie that's like gonna bum bum her out, she's like, I don't want any part of it. Like I'm good. <laughs> like got enough drama and, and stress in my real life. Don't need it uh from the cinema as well. So like it, like uh a dr- lot of dramatic sad films are like that's that's one that's one lane I can is like, hey Patrick, your wife's not feeling well and went to bed. Let's get fucked up tonight and watch a movie. Um, is like one lane I can go in, and then the other lanes are like just like genre stuff that like is just like okay, but like she'd be okay. Like so, this led me to watching Bumblebee, which like well, I okay. haven't watched the last couple Transformers <laughs> movies, um, but I'd heard this one, which comes from the with a Kubo and the Two Swords. Like the he's he's had a bunch of um, two strings, yeah, 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 the two hey, strings, animated. yeah, like a long yeah. like a. Huh. Yeah, sad really movie, great animation by the way. director. Yeah. Speaking of fuck you up on sadness, have movie. heard, have Kubo. heard. Oh my um, god! Which don't don't worry, tradition continues. Apparently, I was like, I heard like, oh, the Transformers movie everyone kind of wanted, which is like a heartwarming story between like humans and robots and some good battles and like some OG designs. Like Bumblebee's that movie. I'm like, cool, let's go. Like my wife is not gonna, she'd watch it, but like not gonna miss a beat if she never sees Bumblebee. Mm. Sit down, watch Bumblebee, pour herself a drink. Like two minutes into the movie, like Cybertron starts. Five minutes later, like let's set up the emotional stakes of this movie. Seventeen-year-old daughter, whose entire crisis around this film is that her father died an extremely young age from a sudden heart attack, and then spends the entire movie wrestling with the fact that her father left her early and 
she's not getting along with the rest of her family and she feels abandoned. And I'm just like rolling, rolling over on my couch. I'm like five minutes into this Bumblebee movie, sobbing, thinking maybe I should just go lay next to my daughter. Maybe that's the thing I should be doing right now instead of watching this fucking movie. It was pretty good. See, that's where you just go R.I.P. to your father, but I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> so Rob Zachney is and, joining us. Uh huh. He's in it. Uh, it's a good movie. I liked Bumblebee a lot. Like it's, it was just sort of like not ready for the emotional stakes of it. I'm like, okay. Damn. Saturday rolls around. Let's let's roll the dice again. How was John? Oh, was John Cena good? He's he's fine. Like he does his bit. I I like at this point of uh, care of uh, actors with limited range. Um, I would much rather watch John Cena than The Rock. Like, I am just straight up bored of The Rock at this point. Right. He plays the same character over and over, mm-hmm. which John Cena could fall in a trap to at some point. But, like, he's still good. Like, the bits, he's, t- I, I actually find him to be, have a wider comedic range than The Rock. The Rock. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, The Rock was pretty good in that Jumanji movie, so. I'll give he him was very good in that Jumanji movie. I think he just gets bad yeah. scripts. Which actually got him outside of his box, right? Yeah. Like, at, yeah. it forced him to do something yeah. slightly different than what he does in, in a lot of his films. All right, right, so Saturday rolls around. Oh, there's a I'm second at, day. Oh, fuck. Second Thir- day. Second okay. day. <laughs> and uh, so, so, yeah, the first one was Bumbley's Friday night, Saturday night. Um, so I'm a big fan of the Slash Film cast, and when they uh, review movies, they do a spoiler section. Okay. And so, like, I have like 12 podcasts that are all listened to up until the spoiler sections. And then when I get around to watch those movies, then I go and listen to the rest of the podcast. So I was like, well, maybe I can pluck out of there. Maybe that'll fall in a lane of a movie that uh, Katie won't mind if I miss. Like Searching, movie with uh, actor John Cho yeah. uh, from Star Trek and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, the movie is, uh, the gimmick is that it all takes place in a computer screen. His daughter goes missing uh, and then he had you follow him like going through Facebook and social media. The daughter part's cool. Like it's just a, it's fine. Like okay. after okay. the bumblebee, like you know, I, you can't hit me twice on that one. Like I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm made a steal at this point on on the daughter front. Um, but so to to set up how like the aesthetic is going to work, I'm gonna spoil the first five minutes of searching for anyone that like you know is, is somehow thinks Jump they want to watch this movie. Still. Ten minutes, five minutes, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, and so to show off, like, oh, we're going to, uh, the, the, the aesthetic gimmick in the beginning is, you know, it's, a, I think, a Windows 7 desktop. And, like, that sound Windows 7 makes when you, like, log in, like, mm, made my heart patter for a, a crappy piece of software. Um, actually, I think it was Windows XP, more specifically. Anyway, it basically, like, a calendar, in, a calendar notification goes off that's, like, first day of school. Uh, you know, first day of school, and like they go through about ten years, and you're getting all these photos of this family with a, a child, like you know, starting very young, and then getting up into like eighth grade, and then intermingled with each of those years is the growing realization. Like they don't like comment on it too much; just kind of there as they're going through emails. They're like, the wife is having some medical issues, and then the wife dies of cancer on the f- like just before the first day of high school and so i have watched bumblebee existential crisis you know a, a daughter grieving Funny. over a father dying of a young age of a heart attack and then searching which is supposed to be a thriller a kidnap thriller on a computer desktop that has a novel way of showing how they would solve the mystery and instead i like first 5 minutes just like yeah what would it be like if my wife suddenly disappeared and I had to be a single father and figure out, like, how would I connect with my daughter? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. Searching. The movie was pretty good. The last third was a little bullshit, but 
okay. was a good gimmick. Anyway. Did they stick, I, I don't know, I'm not going to spoil more of that movie. We can talk about this off mic. They didn't stick the landing, but it's okay. like well worth seeing for like a, it was a very compelling way to watch well, like a the thing I was going to ask is, computer. Are, do they stick with the gimmick? Do they give up the gimmick at mm-hmm. any point? And, to, to, and they wildly strain okay, uh, credibility good. at certain points, but <laughs> it's it's worth it for them to, to see like the hoops they jump through to like, all right, we're in different locations. How are they going to find any way for you to track what's going on? And it's like, wow, local news is very obsessed with doing a live real-time reactions to things happening in this case that doesn't seem like it would necessarily happen, but <laughs> it's a good... <laughs> That's good. It's a That's good gimmick. Good. Searching is a good movie. Cool. Anyway. Um, nothing on Sunday? You didn't decide to like complete the trifecta? No, I, no, I was so exhausted at that point, I just went to bed early. Good. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't tr- I didn't trust watching. I looked at my slash film cast queue, and I was like, Creed 2? I don't know. Creed was kind of sad sometimes. What I'm not, has I'm a not kid? touching Creed 2. He could have a kid. He's of the age. Yeah, I, I think he has a kid. I think I watched a trailer for that at some point. I think See? he's got a kid in that movie. I don't he's know He's got a happens. kid in that movie, probably. God, I haven't seen Creed 2. I feel I feel like I should get around to it. Didn't Rob, have the same director, so I was like way less interested. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. Rob, did you do anything depressing this weekend, or you, did you have an all right one? <laughs> I mean, I had a great one, but it was depressing. Oh. <laughs> like, Friday, I sort of like was left to my own devices, and I was thinking, I think tonight's the night I watched the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Had you not seen it? I had not seen it. Oh, buddy. I remember Sony reviews when it came out were really like mediocre or mixed. So I, I just kind of skipped over it. And then there's been kind of a reappraisal of the yeah, film. Definitely. I would say in the intervening years. And to me, it was just like catnip. Yeah, no, just it's from the standpoint it is such a Rob Zachary film. gorgeous film. Yep, totally. Yeah. Like uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it, just like look up. It doesn't spoil anything, but look up. Um, Assassination of Jesse James train robbery scene or blue cut train robbery. There is a there is a there is a night sequence shot by a cinematographer uh, Roger Deakins that is just absolutely incredible. And the entire film is gorgeous, uh, but there there is just some imagery in that film that is utterly haunting. And also, it's just a deeply bleak, sad movie where your main protagonists are at once the monsters in the films, but in, in the film, but are, are also sympathetic mm-hmm. in their way. Uh, just like Brad Pitt's Jesse James is having this really interesting space where he is increasingly isolated and hunted and pathetic in sort of the extremities he's being driven to. But at the same time, he has also become, you know, how De Niro like loses it in Goodfellas and becomes like paranoid and violent and vicious. Yeah. That entire, that's, that's Jesse James for this entire movie. Uh, it's a deeply uncomfortable thing to watch, but it's, it's just incredible. And then that, that sort of kicked me over into Deadwood. Uh, I was like, time to, God, time to start to getting into that. this. You've not seen it at all, Patrick. You've never seen any no, Deadwood. I've, I've read, uh, like my favorite film uh, and TV critic is uh, Alan Steppenwall, in yeah. which like he, he finds ways to talk about Deadwood and like almost ever, any any if I, the, the, the consistency that I bring up Lost is the consistency that he brings up Deadwood, and so it's been long on my list. And I I know that movie came out, and so I wanted that to be an excuse, and I just didn't get around to it. But Dude, I've heard Ian, it just Ian McShane's performance is such an incredible thing. I, I remember I asked uh, Austin when I watched the first episode, I was like. Dude, how are they going to redeem this character? He's a fucking monster. Yeah. And he is, but the there's this fascinating 
thing he does where there is an empathetic, soft, sentimental side to him that he's continually masking through shows of anger and rage. And it is such a fascinating thing to watch. There's a sequence where there is a character in the first season of Deadwood who is developing what appears to be starts out as a chronic condition, but is rapidly revealed to be a rapidly fatal one, probably. And the way Swearingen processes that is this sort of fury that the guy is going around dying in public, basically making a nuisance of himself. And he sort of like, you know, throws the doctor up against the wall and it's like, what the hell's going, what the hell's going on here? He needs to get the fuck out of my bar. And then in the same tone of voice, he's like, and there's no fucking hope. There's no, so he's a goner. And it's, you realize like the thing yeah. he's actually pissed about is this guy's dying in front of him and he does care, but he will never express that publicly. And it's just a, it's a fascinating show. It's such a, I understand now why there's this cult around it. Cause if you like just really nuanced acting and characters playing scenes off of one another and letting performances do the, do the lifting, man, Deadwood is catnip. Yeah, it is. It is like, you know, you talk about like the Pixies loud, quiet, loud. Uh, and Deadwood is that exactly because it is nuanced acting, but it's filled with these moments of high spectacle. But the thing that you learn eventually is like, oh, everyone is performing. The characters are performing spectacle, not just the 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 actors. You know, it's not just like actors are, are chewing the scenery. The characters are trying to make a show of it because that is how they command. That's how they build their commanding presences, how they run this this little town. It's a fantastic show. Uh, I haven't seen it in probably a decade, um, but it made such a long-lasting uh, impression on me. Um, not just not just Swearingen, but like uh, so many characters in, in that in that show were just fantastic. Did you did you watch the movie? Is that where you're? you're are you caught up? Are you? Or no, you just I'm watching? sorry. Okay. I went back to the start. Gotcha, like gotcha, I had gotcha, never gotcha. because I had only known it through the parody of like people being like, "Man, Al Swearingen's the best. He's just yeah, this yeah, badass." Yeah. And Which I was is, like, "Do you want to see how Timothy Oliphant got typecast for like the rest of his career?" Go watch <laughs> yeah. that. Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah, yeah, I, a, I was like, "He's he's just Raylan Givens. That's, yes, right. Character exactly. is just yes. that. Yes, a hundred percent. Which Justified, is like great show. Kind of a bummer, but I, you know." Timothy Oliphant bought some houses on that. After that great Timothy Oliphant hitman quote, I think I'm, I'm like, whatever he wants You're to do. Some piece of shit in Bulgaria. <laughs> it's so funny. There's this great Joel McRae line. Uh, where, we, can, I, can I read that Bulgaria quote? Did we talk about yeah, that? Yeah, sure. On the pod? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I remember tweeting it going uh, around quite a bit. Um, uh, God, I don't know that I have it on hand. I thought I had it, but I don't. We, we'll move on. <laughs> But look at definitely We definitely talked about it on okay, the pod. Okay, good, good, uh, good. It's okay. in Zoller Seitz's, uh Vulture piece. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, it was, yeah, from, it was, and it was from an Alan Seppenwall. Patrick, uh, okay. Patrick, I searched yes. Timothy Oliphant, well, Bulgaria. The second yep, result me. is you. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, it went around. A tweet went, tweet went, went so around. So you can do that. You can do that Google search and, and find it. It's very good. Did you ever watch? Uh, uh, I never. So it's weird. I never watched uh, Deadwood, but I one of my favorite shows. I'd have to rewatch it, but at the time, John from Cincinnati was like another show that David Milch did, like right Ooh. after Deadwood. Well, did it was you before Luck? Who was in that? Oh, John from Cincinnati is like a weird. It's like a. It's a John from Cincinnati is a weird uh, beach-based show where it's <laughs> Im- heavily implied. Well, the beach is like a huge part of like the aesthetic. Like it's like a. I call it beach-based. I, I feel like it's no, a, a I genre. Get you. It's just yeah. a funny. It's just that's a very <laughs> funny. It's a phrase you don't hear often. <laughs> and like the main character is like this this dope that. 
also might be like the return of Christ and has superpowers. It's a it's a weird mm. show. It got one season. Jay, uh, but from I, I remember uh-huh. really loving it at the time. <laughs> Jesus from Christ. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm-hmm. The original John. The original John from Cincinnati. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Oh. What a nothing phrase. Our minds are warped. So there's comedy is anything. <laughs> Why do I find it so funny? Oh, because it's not. Because it's not. It's not. Hey, anyway. speaking of dead moms, though, anyone notice that they have a pretty rough and fire emblem? Yeah, dog. Yeah. It's gone. It's rough out there on the streets. You hit no, a it's not for that rough. Well, okay, Patrick is mad because it's not that rough. <laughs> it's narratively very rough, but mechanically, yeah, Patrick is right. a tactical genius. <laughs> no. So, okay, so I am I am twenty eight hours in. Th- yeah. th- that could be buffered a bit by a lot of times. I'll leave it on, mm-hmm. like I'll be playing it when my daughter is running around. So it's possible that like that's. Maybe my buffer on like three hours, like let's say, um, but at least 25 hours in haven't hit the time jump yet. Um, I've done absolutely no grinding. Um, I did like one or two non. What do you do? Like with I've your done weeks? a bunch of side quests. Okay. That's huh? that's what are you doing with your weeks with your, your non, I, like you four weeks in a month. What do you, what's your breakdown right yep. now? So the first week I explore, yep. I basically follow whatever like the consensus is from like the stats that like, what did people do this week? So I, I don't know where that's at anymore because I, so I did that before release and I'm curious if that stayed the same. My guess is it's, it probably did. It's yeah. It, I mean, it's basically everyone. Fo- like, it's hard to tell is like, did a couple of people start doing a thing and then the herd just followed and right. now the stats are screwed. Um, but it basically the arc of it is like first week explore. Um, so you go around the monastery, talk to everyone, do side quest look up a fact that tells you where all the lost items go and like grind through that for 20 minutes. Um, do all your little exploring things to get everyone's motivations up. Um, second week is, uh, like bat, like then you do like second week and third week are like battles before you get into like the required fight at the end of the month. That's grinding. So, Right, but I'm do- only doing the missions that are like, hey, this character would like to go, can you go do something Okay, for you're them? not okay, doing like I'll the go red do that. exclamation point ones or the, if you even hit them. I'm yet. only doing the, par- what, paralogs? Paralogs, yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Or the, Paralogs like, or like, or quest-based ones are like, yeah, hey, go train okay. with the knights of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm only doing those. Um, I have not a single, ca- like, I've not had a single character die. I think I had to die once because I got annoyed in a mission. I was like, I don't, why don't you go get killed? Um, but I'm playing on uh, casual. Who? Because it doesn't matter. I, I don't. I don't want to lose my characters. I, I want to have the whole cast all the way through. But <laughs> I. No, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. What? no wonder you're not like if you're if the added tension of will I get someone? No, killed? there's no tension, Austin. But you can't lose every anybody. One of my characters you're not going to lose anybody anywhere. Every, anyway, though, every enemy. Every enemy is getting one shotted by all of my characters. Right, but you there's you no way for me to create tension unless uh, I go. You know what, Bernadetta? It's a, actually it's a, it's an you're illusion. on the bad list. So go sit in the corner and get hit. I don't think it's, I could kill these characters. It's sleight of hand. It's not. It's 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 like the WWE. It's like you when you throw the punch, <laughs> you stomp on the canvas to make noise to make it sound like the punch was louder. It's the prestige. It's it's not the yeah. It's the prestige. <laughs> right. Exactly. It it doesn't actually make it harder, obviously, but it produces in the mind the effect that you have to pay attention. And so suddenly... Austin, I believe with my current my current lineup, 
if I just let if I just made them sit in a center, if they oh, never yeah. moved, that's a great and the strategy, only thing honestly. they did was counters, I would still win the map <laughs> and not like have to do any healing or do anything at all. I could get hearts around everybody because they would just sit in a cluster. <laughs> um, this is all all to say I think that the the uh, the difficulty curve on normal yeah. is terrible. It is not weighted against um what I think is a typical way of playing the game, which is explore, battle, story mission. I'm not going, I'm not doing anything weird. Um, and yet I'm the difficulty curve is so perverted that I I no longer have to engage in any tactics. Like I'm at the point that I'm thinking of just doing auto battle and just right. chewing off 15 hours of the game, Honestly, which is a bummer. On casual, because you, I, may, I, or you may as well, right? Because like, if you're not going to lose anybody anyway, it's probably going to re... Losing those people in battles means they won't get levels, which might bring the difficulty back up eventually. So maybe just start auto-battling through all that side shit, right? Which sucks, because yeah. I like playing... Th- like, what I want is I wish I could just swap the difficulty right now. Yeah. Like, I'm 25 hours in, which is, I, I cannot There's start no a 25 hour that game sh- over again. They should just do well, that. They should allow that to happen. What do you mean, well, Rob? I mean, you're gonna start the game over again when nope. you finish your run. I will not. Not, not, Wait, a, chance. <laughs> not a chance. Wait until you see what's cooking. That's well, the thing. But he... Mm, mm. We, we can't talk. He hasn't have you seen hit, it. Have you hit no, Kato? Kato hasn't hit yet. the time jump. Rob, you hit the time jump. Or you hit the event. I hit the time, like I hit the time jump and the and the event. Well, you think I'm really close. I, I I think I'm not far from it. Have I you, have to be. I think I'm a chapter away. Have you gone to found, find somebody yet, Patrick? Has anyone gone missing in your game yet? And you spent like a month looking for them. Yeah. Yeah, where they went in the basement. Yeah, yeah. they went in the basement. Okay, so you're getting yeah, there. That's yeah. like the the. Beginning no, I'm really of close. I'm, I think I'm like a chapter away from the from the jump. I'm about to the the dance is about to happen. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're getting yeah, there. The dance is right like the, is like the the calm before the storm. Rob, you're yeah. past the jump. I bet a lot of our listeners have also hit the jump by now or have finished the game because they can spend more time on a single thing. But, like, Rob, what do you think of the jump and the events? So I don't think I don't think the narrative quality invalidates anything Patrick said. I am also, at this point, deeply frustrated by mm-hmm. the difficulty. I've had some... So past where Patrick is, I've also... I've had some good battles crop up, uh, some surprisingly tense ones. Um, I'm also swapping in a lot of my lower level characters on the regular. Maybe that's helping, but narratively, yeah. there is a there are a few moments in the story where, and and one major one that sort of sets up the time jump, where it's both really satisfying to see these things revealed and finally brought out in the open because there's been just enough misdirection where. It was one of my suspicions that was confirmed, but it's not like I all like it's not like I only had one idea in mind, one possibility kicking around in my head. But also, and this is this is the satisfying thing, it's not really even about what the plot point that's revealed. It's about that land how that lands with all the characters who are part of this story, right? Yeah. This reveal is moderately shocking to you, the player. It is shattering to just about every major character in this story and seeing everyone wrestle with the ramifications of, uh, you know, the revelation of the plot that's been lurking in the background of uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses this entire time and what that's going to mean for the future, right? The, yeah. This entire age of peace that uh, Fodlan has been enjoying for however knows how long, whoever, who knows how long in this story Everyone has this realization abruptly that like, oh shit, like that's not a permanent 
thing. That's just not how things are going to be. History doesn't end. Right. And boy, does that resonate, right? If you're, yeah. especially, I think if you're in our, in our age group who, you know, grew up in sort of uh, this sort of cocoon of 90s complacency and indifference and have that sort of broken and see that land with these characters is really, really powerful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like the other part of this is the nature of the reveal basically ensure that I'm going to have to play this game at least one more time, maybe two, because apparently like it isn't a game where you pick one house uh-huh. and then the narrative wraps around that in a way that no. it changes like who does what. Basically, this is one story told from three different perspectives. And to get all of it, you, you have to replay the game. And given some of the choices I'm observing, I actually do feel this pull where I'm like, okay, I actually need to know uh-huh. what was going on here in the background because yeah. I feel like people are doing things because they got their reasons, but I've only had one observer's perspective on this. Now I need to talk to some of the other prime movers. Bro, I've heard some of this stuff from one of the other, the route that I know what's coming up for Patrick and some of it is wild in terms of just like, backstory we don't have not even big spoiler moment stuff just like stuff i there is stuff about major characters in the black eagles that is just their backstory just regular here is who they are that i had no idea about and like that is also true for golden deer like there was stuff in claude's backstory i had i have a friend who who just beat the game as as black eagles and who didn't understand necessarily said told me that he wouldn't have understood why a third character showed up and what the fuck was going on with them if not for me having spoken specifically about something about Claude's backstory with him previously um it very much wants you to 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 play it as as different houses and get the full story but i will say it is it is not it is not You're right that the game does not wrap around whatever house you pick. It doesn't just say, like, and you're the hero house, and you're going to do X, Y, Z, and then the other houses become blah, which is a direction it could have gone. Um, But it it is also not just that things play out the same for everyone after the time jump. I think before the time jump, that might be true. But once you hit that time jump, it's like a splintering in time where the events that follow – do shift depending on whose house you, you're in based on where you are, who you align with, and then like, you know, how you have then reshaped history. Um, uh, because, you know, big shit pops off right around that midpoint. I, it, the, that midpoint was such like a big deal thing for me, Rob, where, where I was like, they could have ended this game here. They could have been like, here's a 30 hour game. Here's, this is what they would have done six years ago. This is what they did on the Wii to, or sorry, the GameCube one. And then they put out the Wii one later. There was a follow-up. It was like, here's a, a moderately sized <laughs> tactics game. By the end of which, you you got it down. You're ready to move on. You love your characters. But they do the big time jump here. And then they you keep playing <laughs> this game. Um, and, and to your point, like... It is convincing that the people's lives are shattered by the events that happen or that their perspectives are, even though you aren't. There is something Shakespearean about it. There's a degree of dramatic irony where even though you can comprehend and and make sense of the world, they cannot. Um, And seeing them need to come to terms to it with it is very good. I'm so curious about the Blue Lions perspective on it because that's the one I know the least about. So, yeah. Um, I will say, back to Patrick's thing on the difficulty, I hadn't thought about this, but yeah, I did just start running B-teams, right, to during the side stuff. Like, I kept everyone 
basically a couple, yeah. like a level or two above whatever the main story thing was. But I was basically running six characters who were just like my backup characters to keep them ready to go on the bench just in case I needed to field more people, which a couple of times you do need to. And so it was not a bad, it would ended up being all right for me because like when you get to those missions where you have to put 12 people on the map, it was nice to have an extra, you know, two or three who who could actually step up. But then just to equip them to the adjuncts. And yeah, totally. They just kind of, they just, like, that's what happened. I thought, like, yeah, that could have happened to me, except that my professor level is now B, so I right. have two adjuncts. And so, like, the characters that are getting added are, like, professors I'm recruiting, you know. Just toss just, them there. They're just leveling yeah. up. I yeah. guess the thing for so. me out of the being that the, I, I'm trying to figure out why I had, I didn't feel this with, with many of these missions. And it was literally because I would have a character who was five levels ahead and I just put them on a bench for two months and, like, played with those characters who are five levels behind. I wish the game found ways to to for, like to force me to be more creative, yeah. like to say like, and some of the, some of the, uh, uh, the, the side missions, like force you to take certain characters or like, there's a character where like, uh, it, I guess sometimes it's that the scenarios themselves are so boring. Like occasionally you get a story one where it's like, yeah, you got to split up into two parties and there were portals. They're like warping you around. I was like, cool. At least that gives me something to think about. There's a puzzle element to it. Even if the combat is, like I got seven spells, but I don't know. I'll just use the fire one again. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah. Um, um, it's like it's a combination of the like literal tactics of just moving pieces around, not requiring any brain power whatsoever, and then the like the scenario itself and what's being asked not being any different than just I don't know the split into two parties because. I, th then it's different, not because you need to. You the, know, like, that's sort of where I'm at. Bandit plus monster map that you do 30 times is the worst. Yeah, the or worst like the, the, the uh, yeah, it, it's and it's fine like the first time or like there was one where like uh, the backup showed up and I was like, oh okay, like yeah, I'll leave a couple something. behind so like they can like just something to get me going. Like I find the scenarios to be, I'm sure like part of the boredom is born out of the the fact that I don't have to ever sweat anyone. Dying, it's like cool. I've got three healers on the team. If I want it, like <laughs> we're good. Like the hits don't matter. So anyway, I'm enjoying it, but I'm I'm frustrated by. I would have put it on on hard if I had any sense that it was going to be this way. Right, and I'm 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 frustrated. The game didn't find a way to communicate that to me, or like at the time jump would have been a convenient time. To be like, totally. hey, are you like, are you having an easy time with this game? Like. Let's reset the board a little bit for the second half or the last third or whatever is that percentages of the game. Um, because I just find myself checking out. And then it just means I'm not getting less invested in the story because I'm souring. Like, I'm going into the game feeling sour, which I guess I just need to auto-battle. But I just find that no, frustrating because I that, like fighting in this and game. And also you're going to be bored because it's not auto-battle like a like a, 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 a grand strategy game or a 4X game where it's just like, go fight for me. You still have to hit the button that make auto-battle happen round to round. I would not want to watch that happening. I did it a couple of times on those side missions where I was like, oh, I'm going to yeah. be like watching something and just auto-battling you know, through these grindy missions, even on classic, by the end of that game, I was so powerful that it was like, what the fuck ever. Um, and I, I very much was like, I still just want to get Ignatz to master this class. So I'm going to keep doing the side battles because I think he deserves mm -hmm. to be the, the uh, dark mage or whatever the fuck I was making him at the time. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, I was doing auto battle on a couple of those and it is, it's boring. It's boring to watch that happen. Even if you know you're safe and even if you know, like, yeah, yeah, totally. I'm having, so this is the thing is like, 
I'm actually having a very similar, I, even though I love this game, I can't get heated on, on this or like try to get too defensive about it because uh, I'm still playing Astral Chain. I will say real quick, last last weekend or last Friday, I was way more down on it than I am now. I, I kind of took a turn in the game to some degree. Um, Astral Chain, as a reminder, is the is the um, Platinum Games uh, uh, joint that's coming out later this month. Um and I still can't, you know, it's not review time yet. I can't give any sort of final, final uh, stuff. I cannot talk about any any cut scenes after the second chapter. I cannot talk about, I can't give a score. And I can't, I can only talk about gameplay through like the first five chapters. But even just talking about that stuff. When I got to like chapters four and five in terms of gameplay, at first the game started to get a little bit better. Um, because it was like, oh, I have a few more options. Again, my complaints last week were just like, um, I'm pretty bored with the combat. It doesn't feel like it's up to snuff compared to Platinum's other stuff. The world feels kind of like, um, you know, mediocre and flat and no one has any character and, and there's no atmosphere to this space that I think is exciting. But by the time I got through those first five chapters, there had been this arc of like, oh, wow, I'm starting to get more abilities again to... By the end of, of file number five, chapter number five, I'd found a build that was basically just button mashing. That's basically just like, I'm not engaged with the depth of this combat in any way, and I'm getting S plus ranks. And that is on the hardest available default difficulty. The way that the way that uh, Astral Chain works is that you can pick like, like just the story, please, like uh, casual or or platinum, uh, whatever, platinum normal. And then when you beat a level, you unlock platinum hard. Hmm. Um, if you beat it yeah. on Platinum Normal. And I wish that Platinum Normal was available right now. I have not died right. once in this game. I have not... They, uh, and to be clear, when you die in this game, when you lose all your health in this game, you get... You have, like, uh, uh, like uh, they call them AED batteries. They, like, restart your heart, basically. Mm. And you get a limited number of those. I have used one of those once in this game. <laughs> I've never lost all of my health in this game. Uh, I've gotten a few... You know, I get some C-pluses when I play. You know, my overall arc for a chapter might or score might be a B-plus, not an A-plus. Uh, but I get a lot of S-pluses, and those don't feel earned. Um, huh. And, like, so I'm having a very similar issue right now with Astral Chain, where I wish they would just let me put it on fucking hard so that I'm a little more tuned in, especially because, right. you know, you know, the reason they have that cutoff at Chapter 5 is because, like, big shit stops, starts popping off in that game around that, around that point, which means there's, like, huge moments of spectacle. The game gets much better about, like, having cool set pieces around then and i want to be invested in them but two things keep me from that one is it's not hard so if you show me if the camera is like look at this big badass boss and then i'm like rt 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 lt rt 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 lt like okay what what fucking badass boss and two and this is the thing that's like drilled in my head that i think that they missed so severely that they've been so good about in the past you don't have a character you have like an avatar, right? You get to create your character. I'm happy there's customization. I'm happy that I like. I'm playing as a black woman in the co in the cop game, but I'm like, I am doing that. She has cool purple hair. I got to change the way her her outfit looks. I get to equip cool stuff. My action figures are very diverse. Thank you. Um, but like, she doesn't ever speak. Mm. When you pick a, when you make a character at the beginning of the game, you pick a, a gender. You pick uh, a man or a woman, and the uh, the other character model becomes your character's sibling. And they are like a primary character mm. and they speak a lot. And every mission you're either with them or you're with another cop or you're with like a little drone buddy or something. Someone is talking. There are there are actors in the game, mm. but your character is not the character. Your character is talked at. Your character is like exceptional because of abilities they have and shit. But like this is not 2B. This is not Bayonetta. This is not any of the like 
the, one of the reasons you go to a platinum game or you go to an action game in like Devil May Cry is like, wow, this is a cool fucking character. Make some cool shit happen in front of me. Let me root for them. Let me be like, let me be like invested in who these people are, even though they're cartoonish and like, you know, doing wild shit. They are doing wild shit. And it feels like they have a presence on the screen. And to, to be, you know, this far into the game and not feel like I know who my character is besides, like, the one who does the stuff <laughs> is just a frustrating right. thing, right? Like, it, yeah. it misses the character and character action, right? Like, character action is, yes, jumping around the screen and doing cool flips and doing – and I'm doing all that shit. That stuff has gotten better in the sense that I have more – way more tools available even if I don't need to use most of them. Um, but it hasn't gotten better at making me give a fuck about these characters or feel like – the style of the combat is in, is inherent in who the person is. When I like one of the things about Nier Automata I loved was like playing as uh, 2B, 9S, and whoever the A2. Each of them fights differently. Each of them felt differently. Each of their designs felt differently. Even though the basic combat was the same, the fact that like 9S was mostly about hacking was like produced an mm -hmm. effect about who he was. And what his abilities were and what his personality was like con in contrast to to uh, 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 to be, um, you know, Bayonetta feels a certain way. Bayonetta and Dante from Dante uh, from DMC or from Devil May Cry, like are not the same character. And part of that is that they have completely different designs. But part of that is also that they do feel different. They do feel distinct. Uh, the dude from the from Platinum, from Vanquish, feels distinct <laughs> from the rest of their he characters. He can smoke. He can <laughs> smoke. He has a button to smoke, and it draws, it has heat on it. And so the robots look at it because they have heat sensors. And you can throw it in the air, and they'll shoot at it. Anyway... That's it also my, hurts your health, doesn't it? It does hurt yeah. your health, yes. It's, what a good game. What a Vanquish good is game. great. Yeah. Man, if, if Waypoint 101 was still Smoking's around, Vanquish bad. would still Yo. be Vanquish, good. One, time, one, one day we'll do a Vanquish 101. Uh, that is short. Put can, it on right? Switch. Put it on Switch. Oh, fuck. Put it on Switch. Um, so that's my my update. I'll, I'll be able to do a review for that uh, next next Monday, I believe. Um, and I have plenty of time left to, to beat it. I think it's, I think it's like... I think I'm getting there. I think I'm like 75% of the way through the game. Um, but but yeah, so I can talk more about that on Monday. And, you know, hopefully here's one one last thing I'll say is, Patrick, I did message mm. you about something in in Astral Chain the other night, which was the mm -hmm. one of the first things I unlocked, like in the first mission, basically, was a was a, a color scheme for my legion, which are legions are the like ro like the robot demons you enslave and turn into your warriors uh, in, in this game. Uh, you like literally put a, a fucking manacles on them. You literally put chains around their neck and with a leash that you like whip around. It's wild. Uh, anyway, uh, I put mine in Ava colors. In, in unit, literally unlocked unit one colors immediately. Um, and then some dude talked to a bunch of white obelisks about how the, it was the time of... I, listen, the prophecy... There was a motherfucker in this game who has scenarios, 100%. Yeah. This game is so... I'm so excited for you to play it specifically, Patrick, as someone who never watched mm -hmm. Ava but played lots of games that took those pieces of Ava. And now you're just not going to oh, be sure, able to yeah. not see it in terms of like... Let's. We're not going to do any of the psychodrama, but what we are going to do is someone in a lab coat steeples his fingers and is a slimy motherfucker <laughs> and talks to mysterious obelisks who are funding some research, you know? Good, great. Uh, anyway, I'll check back in more with that next week. Uh, let's take a quick break because we still have some more games to get through, including some stuff that I actually really, really like uh, and stuff that I think Rob might. It, it sounds like you also have something that you, you've been enjoying. So we will be right back uh, to get an update. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Rob, while Patrick is is talking about how little fun he's he's having with the tactical exploits of his house and fire him three houses, it sounds to me like you have actually had some some real like tactic tactical frisson, you know, like that that deep like oh wow, this just it makes my brain tingle with the joy of of tactics. Not only that, Austin, but that sweetest of moments when you realize that a routine op is going sideways and something you were taking a little too lightly now requires all your skill to salvage. But Rob, this was just a milk run. This was a simple <laughs> milk run. It all went it all went sideways. I think things are foobar now. Tell me about uh, yeah. uh, Age of Wonders Planetfall, a game that I think you and I both absolutely slept on in the sense that we both looked at the the trailers for it. We looked at some early gameplay. We were, I think it's fair to say both pretty put off by it's like aesthetic and tone and kind of like narrative wallpapering. It's theming. Um, but it got really great reviews. People really, really enjoyed it. And so you, you swallowed your pride and, and dove in. And you're like, let me just see what the fuck it is. And then I got a, an IM from you that was like, all right, Austin, let me, it, the IM from you was like the IM I sent you when I played frozen synapse two and had that, that, like bank run that time. Uh, so can you explain what Age of Wonders Planetfall is and why this part of it at least works for you? Yeah, so Age of Wonders Planetfall is very easy to dismiss as a sort of Civ style 4X. In its presentation, it certainly looks like uh, a, a more recent Civ game and particularly, and not appetizingly, like Beyond Earth, right? Which is not a great association if you feel feel like I do about uh, Civ Beyond Earth. But it's actually pretty different. A, a thing that has been a feature in the Age of Wonder series is that there's some pretty detailed tactical combat. So a bit like a Total War game, when two army stacks sort of meet each other, you don't have the Civ thing where they just sort of move into each other's hexes and they, a, a battle animation ensues and that's calculated. Instead, you zoom into something a bit more like Heroes of Might and Magic, maybe, is the is the equivalent. Two armies line up on opposite sides of a small map uh, and then they sort of run at each other and try to try to win this thing. But I think what makes Age of Wonders Planetfall a little more interesting than that a little unexpected is that one these these spaces are small but they're very tactically dense right so there are a lot of special hexes with cover effects and terrain effects but also there are very few units that only do one thing and it's it's weird this game confounds me because there's so many things i have hang-ups about and generally don't like in games like this, and Age of Wonders makes the case for all of them being useful wow. and important. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Weird. Like, so every unit can be equipped with different mods, 
Uh, every unit can be carrying, which is like the sort of busy work you don't want to fucking do, right? Like Stellaris does this. Stellaris is this thing where you can have, you can have. So real, just as a full, let's back up for a second. This is a four X game, yeah. right? In the model of something like Civilization or Endless Legend, right? It's a planet based. Yeah. You're exploring a, a map. You're running into other civilizations. You're fighting them. You're trying to expand. Um, I don't know. Are, are there any victory conditions that are? Is there a story mode? Are you playing through like a, a campaign? What's what's? I'm the... playing through. I'm playing through story mode. Okay. Um, there's, it's there. There are there are like your standard four X diplomat like diplomatic victory, elimination victories. So it's it it checks those boxes. Okay. I think there's other special victories as well that I need to look into. There might be faction specific victories. Okay. But for the most part, uh, yeah, like you you know what this game is about, right? And so then at, at that point. It does the thing where when you it doesn't do the endless legend thing where you fight on the overworld map where you fight on like the 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 actual like world map. It actually is, does it zoom into like a tactics like how detailed yeah basically are we it cuts about? away from the world map to it cuts away from the world map to like if you imagine a table set up in a game hobby shop okay. where the two armies move at each other like a a minis like a warhammer army. minis game or something yeah okay yeah that's what but you kind of cut away into smaller battles than that. How many units? Is it like yeah, a skirmish like size? Probably like six, seven units aside. Okay, cool. Um, so, and then the thing you were just talking about is, in a game like that, sometimes these games go like, okay, you have a, a platoon of soldiers, or you have like a sniper unit or something, and then guess what? You don't just have a sniper unit. That sniper unit has an item slot and you can put one of a hundred different items in there. And you have to do that with each individual sniper unit you make, which gets really time consuming and micromanaging and frustrating. And like you, traditionally, I don't like doing that shit or I wish I could at least automate it. But here you're saying there's actually good reason for it. Yeah, and I think it's because there are so many effects and so many dependencies that... Rather than it being a really thin layer of flavor on something where this Corvette has laser two with the EMP burst effect that causes units to lose line of sight or some some ridiculous thing like that. But really, ultimately, what you're going to interact with is a ship like any other that's going to shoot something else. And you're not going to fuss with that. It's just not going to pay off yeah. dealing with that here. You have the unit's base stats, then you can change their loadout ba their loadout based on what you have researched. Uh, like in Endless Legend, that changes the cost of the unit. Uh, it's a bit like you get a new unit template. Mm -hmm. You also have the option of changing all units that fit this archetype to the new template you've created. But that might be prohibitively expensive, right? You might only want one specialized infantry unit. Uh, and then the rest can say that stay the standard stock model, but that one unit, you know how you want to use it in your army. Are those? A, but are, this, uh, what are the things you're equipping? Are they? Are they like here's right. a laser that like what? What? Give me an example here. Yeah. So like at its most reductive, yeah, you, you like gun, bigger gun, but you can also <laughs> love to equip change. Gun. Yeah, but then there are other things where you can equip them. Like I just got this unit. I'm playing sort of this um, space trader faction. The, the the faction identities are a little bit boring, but these are all like your Italian Renaissance, uh, real you know 
snake in the grass type merchant prince faction. Mm -hmm. And they rely a lot on like assassins and subterfuge. But there's this one weapon mod that I could put on a skirmisher unit that when it gets a kill, um, it starts getting damage stacks. And so if you feed it during the battle, this one unit can start hitting for like up to five times its normal power. But it's actually really tough to feed a unit in these battles. Like that is a, that is a tough thing to do. So if you're going to run that strategy, you have to commit to it. That ha you, that game plan has to work because this unit's not very good, right? The This unit becomes really powerful if it's got those stacks. If it doesn't, it's kind of out there just to get nailed by a stray shot and that's that's not going to get it done but then where things get really interesting is a lot of units will create status effects so you hit a unit uh with like a psionic blast that does some straight up you know damage against its hit points but it also might give it a sort of dazed effect where the unit can't really react for a turn it breaks its overwatch um or it might make it sub it might make it vulnerable to mind control. So if you have a mind control unit in your army, suddenly you can set up these sure. like combo attacks where you shoot that guy, bust down his psychic defenses, then we're gonna take him over and turn him against his comrades. And these are really simple interactions. What you need to get about Age of Wonders is that both sides are doing this. The AI is pretty good about using these effects too. And so you have these really dense combinations all firing off together in a closed space. And so where like a Heroes of Might and Magic or King's Bounty type game could often devolve to, into like, look, just march these two little units next to each other and have them smash into each other and that's, that's the game. Uh, it never quite gets that simple. It always feels much more driven by how well you are using the second order effects of your weapons mm -hmm. and the unit special abilities. They're all loaded with special abilities as well. So in addition to having straightforward attacks, a lot of times what you're going to be employing is something a little more sophisticated. Like uh, the Vanguard Army, which is like the boring human space marines, What's interesting about them is they use like transdimensional uh, portals all the time for purposes of evasion and maneuver. And they have these like killbots you can deploy. Mm -hmm. And the killbots have an option of cutting open a parallel universe and having their clone unit from that identical universe <laughs> okay. appear in yours. And so now you got two units for the price of one. <laughs> But one of those units is going to die in two Ooh. turns. Like, they can't both exist in the same universe. So in two turns, uh, the unit that originally created the clone is going to wink out of existence. But that clone can also be deployed really far forward. So it's a good way to, like, oh, you thought you were safe over there. Right. You know, here come the clones. <laughs> they start cutting people into, you know, into pieces. But they're up front. They're taking a lot of fire. And that's going to be the unit you are stuck with at the end of this. So, like, is that a worthwhile exchange? Did you want to give up this unit in a safe position right. for this sort of, like, onslaught attack? That could be worth it. There's a lot of places where it is. But you kind of have to think about how all this is going to look, both in the board state right now, and then in, like, a turn, two turns, when sort of these second-order effects really begin making themselves felt. Sure. Uh, which makes it... 
I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it, despite the fact I don't. I think the forex layer is fine. It's serviceable. It's functional. But in terms of like creating good tactical RPG battles, this is actually a really good game for that. I, well, like I just, it is so frustrating to me that you could say something so flavorful as the like pulling your clone unit in from another dimension but then when i look at the factions in this game it is like they present as the most off-putting like boilerplate you got your space dwarves you got your space marines you got your space bugs you got your space assassins or criminals and it doesn't help that all their artist reference appears to be from like pop culture uh they're they're Faction leaders that one I swear to God he's the head he's one of the leaders you can get for the cyborg faction. It's Immortan Joe. That's it. Like that's just the character. Right. Uh, there is a Vanguard oh, he's back leader from, that uh, the zombie game. He's back from they are billions and now he's he's moved on to right. <laughs> right. There, there's a there's a Vanguard leader who I swear to God is Doctor Disrespect. Uh, oh. or, or, or a Super Troopers character. It's tough to tell. Uh, yeah. Well, but that's... my suspicion is. Dr. Disrespect is probably the more topical reference. Uh, and then who was the, um, oh, fuck, the uh, the bad, Brienne, Brienne of Tarth. I swear oh, okay. to God, there's another, like, leader that is just, oh, it's, it's Brienne. Uh, and so there's a little bit of an uncomfortable, like, in addition to the world building and fiction that's established in this game being a little bit thin and a little bit uninteresting there's also this kind of uncomfortable feeling that you get as you just see like oh i i understand that visual reference oh that's so that's that's just it's that it's that character that you like from this other thing and i would always prefer to see something maybe a little more distinct and original you know like i'm glad like I'm glad that the Fire Emblem characters are all themselves right and not just like clear echoes of other pop cultural figures. Um, this I, this game is very much leaning into that. Real quick, Rob, I just need you to know that um, uh, I did almost link. They're not each. all themselves. No, no, it's not that. Well, I just want you to know that so I saw someone on the timeline this weekend refer to for, uh, not Ferdinand. What's the who's the fuck boy from Fire Emblem? Sylvain. Sylvain. Oh, Sylvain. Sylvain as a teenage uh, Mittermeier from from <laughs> Legend of Galactic Heroes. Yeah, shit. So, yeah. so <laughs> I just need you specifically. That's just for you, honestly, Rob. Uh, Actually, there's a now that you mention it, there's a lot of Legend of Galactic Heroes yeah, motherfuckers in that game. There are a lot of Legend of Galactic Heroes motherfuckers in that game. Yeah. Uh huh. But that's why it's, but it's not, good. But it's not like a traced out copy. No, exactly. Like, like that's they're playing that's the thing, with. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, that is my that is like the hurdle I'm having. Like I keep going to buy and install this game, and I keep being like. Oh, like the mechs look all right. There are some cool units in this game. The designs look cool, but I just, I don't know that I can get over. It's frustrating because like as a game, the thing, the, the tactic stuff I'm doing is really interesting and I'm, yeah. I'm compelled by it. But when I think about, do I want to play this game? There's very little so far in, in age of wonders, planet fall for the imagination to inhabit if that makes sense. Which is so that, important early on in one of these, right? Like for me, early yeah. on in a game like this, 
I need to care about the world and the characters and what's what what the gist is. That way I can slowly come to terms with the complex tactics and strategy game that is there on top of it. Because otherwise I'm just going to be like, Ugh, this is a slog. Learning stuff is hard. You know, like it is hard to be like, okay, well, what are all the systems here? What are the stuff that comes together? Even if that stuff is really good, like if it's really, really good, I'll push through, you know, because it's just compelling. But but there are a lot of times where, where a game like this for the first uh, – Endless Legend was like this for me. For the first five hours, it was like, wow, this world is is you know, fantastic. It's so fa I'm fascinated by it. I want to understand more about what's happening here. What are all the cultures? What are all the factions? Look at this great art. And if I don't have that stuff, it can be hard to get to that second layer, the deeper, like, yeah. you know, juicier stuff that is like, aha, look at how all these things interact. Um, so yeah, that is, that is a bummer. Um, but if you stay with it and c continue to report back positive stuff, I think you will be the pressure I need to eventually play it. Um, Kato. You and I have both independently, we've not played yet together, Yeah, been playing a game that I think has a bad name <laughs> that is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I put more time into it than you have. Remnant f from the Ashes? From, yeah, Re yes. Remnant from the Ashes. <laughs> from the Ashes. Which is by Gunfire Games, the studio, one of the studio, a studio that was founded by one of the co-founders of Vigil, uh, the studio that made the Darksiders yep. games. Is that right, Patrick? I think that that's yeah, right. like there was a bunch of splintering off. Like yes, a, a lot of the people who they associate, you associate like in public facing with Darksiders went off to do. Um, they're doing the the isometric Darksiders game, but they also did that um, battle war. Right, right, right. right, right. It had a very forgettable name. Uh, uh, anyway, battle, like, but battle another, chasers like, night war. Yes, I don't know I why say, I spent brain uh, on that, but. <laughs> Uh, Austin, if you want to go down that road, then you don't want to go no, down that we road. We don't want to. Um, uh, I believe a gunfire uh, was originally Crytek Austin. Um, I want to say that's true. And then they got Crytek went through some shit. It seems like Crytek goes through some shit like every year or so, has trouble paying people. And I think then they got that's how they got involved in THQ Nordic right. and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, so Gunfire is now Gunfire put out Darksiders 3 this year. I don't think many people had a great time with that. I definitely had this moment. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, it was okay. It felt constrained by budget is, is was like my main mm. uh, critique. Gotcha. Well, this, uh, from a different publisher, uh, Gunfire Games is working with Perfect World Entertainment here to make hmm. what I think I've seen pitched around as like, what if Dark Souls had guns? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the same way that Fallout 3 was originally, the internet was like, oh, it's what if, what if Oblivion had guns? <laughs> Um, which is, wow, what a time we were in. Different, different world. Uh, it is better than it has any right to be, is what I will say. Um, yeah. So it's a post-apocalyptic game. It takes place after the world has seemingly been consumed, or at least as far as your character knows, consumed by a thing called the Root, which is a sort of plant-based magical enemy species that, that is uh, everywhere. Um, uh, you are a, a, you know, some sort of post-apocalyptic survivor. Um, you pick a, you, uh, uh, here's a, a, a little tiny bit of, of lore building, lore, world building I love is you create a character at the beginning of the game and it's like scrapper, hunter, or ex-cultist. What's the cult? I don't know. Oh. Yeah. Oh, word? Ex-cultist? <laughs> Sign me up. I want to be out of the cult. That means I've reformed myself. Yeah. I want to help the world get better. The... But I've also seen some shit I mean, and maybe I got some magic. It literally yeah. means you have a healing spell. 
That yeah. is literally, it means you have an okay, AOE heal, 100%. <laughs> uh, um, and it is what I rolled. I, I haven't played this game, to be clear. Like, nope. I want to make, like, that was me just you got spitballing. It. Um, and uh, the, the thing that I like, want to come back to that I think is, like, a, almost a trite thing to say at this point, because we've all talked about Destiny so long, mm. which is, like, the guns feel good. <laughs> Um, and when the guns feel good in a video game, that is where the pri- when the primary verb feels good in a video game, when it feels good to do the thing that you do the bulk of the time, you like to do the thing. Yeah, this is this is uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for when something is true by it by itself. Uh, I keep wanting to say aphorism, but that is not the word I'm looking. For. It's, it's tautological, right? Okay. It is good when the thing is good. <laughs> Uh, um, but it is like we talked about this with Dicey Dungeon. It feels good Damn. to put dice in the thing, and guess what? The thing you do more than anything else in that game is put dice, dice in, in the, the thing. thing. Yeah. In this, it feels good to shoot the guns yeah. and, to, and to swing your your melee weapon if you have melee weapon stuff going on. Um, uh, and that one was allowed me. I mean, it's the uh, it's the same thing in some ways, or it's the opposite of what I was just saying about. Um, about Age of Wonders, Planetfall is like even before fiction and theme. If it feels good to do the thing, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna like hand wave a bunch of shit that I'm like, eh, is that good? <laughs> I don't know. Is that interesting? Eh. Um, so I was doubly surprised. Was that's what I expected to do? I expected to be like, oh, I'm gonna play this because I think that it feels pretty good to play. I could play one of these. Mm-hmm. I was doubly surprised when I actually found myself interested in the world and as it slowly starts to unfold the history of the world and like the characters and the factions. Yeah, I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, okay, there's actually some fucking stuff here. So let me set up what this game is. You uh, wander. You you crash a boat uh, onto an island. You're trying to get to this lighthouse. On the island are a bunch of fucking monsters. <laughs> You fight your way through the monsters using a, using a sword and using like very light, dark soulsy combat in the sense that it's deliberate mm-hmm. uh, uh, priority animation priority based melee combat for mm-hmm. the opening. Um, you know, you have a stamina meter that decreases when you roll, but I don't think when you swing your sword. No, only when you roll and run. Roll and run. Roll and sprint. Oh, weird. Um, huh. Because melee okay. isn't the focus. That's a pretty important change. Yeah, it's a, it's for... a huge important change, oh, but right. it's because melee okay. isn't necessarily yeah, yeah. the focus, right? <laughs> you have your stamina go down every time you fire a machine gun. That would be a problem, right? Though I bet a game could... Arma 4 is introducing a stamina bar. These guns are heavy. Guns are heavy. You've got to put this gun down for a sec. Got to work on these guns. Boom. <laughs> Flexing my Boom. arm while those are the sounds I make when I flex. Um, the so you you fight off some monsters. You make your way to a big door. It turns out there's another guy trying to get in the door. It doesn't go well for him. But just at the last second, you get saved by the people who were behind that door. Basically, a group of survivors who've been living in this bunker for generations. Yeah. The leader of that of that bunker, her grandfather founded the bunker her grandfather and grandmother yeah. f- founded that bunker um and uh there's a group of survivors who live there it, it's doing it does a lot of the um as you get more and more story stuff from characters and more and more just like backstory to them and world detail it's doing the thing from the road which is like these are a bunch of people who don't know what coca-cola is you know like right. these are the this is like oh uh, mm-hmm. this is generations after most of the people here don't remember the world before um and uh you eventually do another little mission inside the base and you pick your class at that point and then and then it becomes the game and the game is that at the beginning when you when you when you touch the big crystal and get <laughs> yeah. teleported to the like overgrown remnants of some north american uh, uh town 
with these like gigantic trees off in the distance, everything co- covered in a sort of autumnal bloom. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like red, um, uh, like eternally autumn looking town, basically, uh, filled with these, these wood monsters. It becomes uh, a, a sort of Dark Souls style game where you're moving from checkpoint to checkpoint yeah. in uh, where those checkpoints are connected linearly, but there's lots of little side areas to go off and explore. You are shooting enemies. Uh, you are teaming up with your with your friends. I played mostly with a friend of mine. Um, and uh, the the key or one of the key selling points of the game is that stuff is proc gen, but it's locked to your campaign. Mm. So like when uh, Kato, if I go to your game, your right. world will be different than mine. And that cool. includes some things nice. like bosses. Um, so I was like going to say also like a Dark Souls games, it does the thing where it's like, oh, you went off this way. Uh, it doesn't lock like certain things that like I obviously shouldn't be fighting. Oh, yet. really? Yeah. No, I found a thing where I was like, Ooh. oh, fuck, this is. I am See, I didn't barely doing damage so, so, to this. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't have anything like that, and I've been very thorough in or mm-hmm. I was very mm-hmm. thorough in my friend Jack's uh uh world. Mm-hmm. Um but I haven't I should go back and play through mine and see if I hit anything like that. Yeah. Um, it was it's also a thing that's optional. Okay. Have you run into those? I hit a side I hit like uh an optional side thing that was about a character who Pretty early no, on. This is like a, just an optional boss, hmm. like a boss, like like the like, a bar came up. Did you walk through a fog gate? No. Okay. No. Did you not? Yo, you haven't hit a fog gate yet. <laughs> no, I, I have absolutely not. hit a fog, fog gate. Fog gate. All right. Oh my God. This code. Two, two and a half dice Let's ago. Go. My friend Jack and I were like, "Oh, it looks foggy up there. What's going on?" And like, <laughs> my character hit an animation, like got caught by the fog gate, the way that that happens in those games, and like walked through it. Mm-hmm. And Jack and I both were like, "Oh God, it's a fog gate!" <laughs> it was like we'd stepped in a mine. It was yeah, like, yeah. It was like we we Jack was like, "We discovered the experience of walking through a fog gate from first principles." It's like. <laughs> You've forgotten what fog gates mean, right? Because of course, why would there be fog gates in this game that's clearly trying to emulate Dark Souls? <laughs> there just is. And inside, there was a boss with a boss bar and stuff like that. I want to come to your world. And I fight found, that thing yeah, with I you. found a fucking boss just in, in the world. In the world, not a mini boss, not one of those little difficult bosses, like difficult enemies. No, well, like there was a. I, it, it had a name and a big bar. No, at that's the bottom. a that's a that's boss. A fucking boss. I want to come should, to your world. I want to come. I've seen, fight that I, thing. I. It's it's cool because it's. It's optional. Okay. Like, there's ways to Did trigger you, like, it and also it? to, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so, stealth. Like, there's, like, limited stealth in this game. You can sneak around. Yeah. Um. And so, like, but it was wild because it was, like, super early. And, like, I was, Weird. like, barely doing any damage to this thing. And it was throwing out all sorts. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. But then the second time around, I realized, like, oh, I don't. I don't. I can just sneak. I can just sneak around it. I'm gonna keep going this way and see what else is around because all the other enemies are fine. Mm-hmm. It's just this one thing I gotta. Avoid. Man, I want to know what it is. I'm yeah, gonna, we should talk off mic. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there are also like because of the way this works, because it generates a campaign for you. Like uh, we definitely, I had an uh, event where like I, I met someone who was wearing a wooden mask and was clearly being like spoken to by the wood, mm-hmm. by the by the the root and being like consumed by them. Uh, that didn't go well. I chose some dialogue options that maybe I shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm very curious to know if that event could have gone differently. Um, but like, it is. It ends up. It has been way more flavorful. All of the flavor text on items is yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Uh. Maybe not all of it, but a lot of it is like better than I thought it would be. The uh the first boss I fought had the exact good arc I want from one of these mm. uh from from a, a Soulsborne game, uh which is go into it the first time, just get fucking destroyed. Yeah. Do the thing where you're like, 
this is unbeatable. Do we have to go grind for three hours? How are we ever going to do this? Yeah. And then th these games are bullshit. Why, why are they so hard? Yeah. What garbage? Oh, they're, oh, they're trying to be really uh, massacre or whatever. Bullshit. <laughs> 25 minutes later, beat it in 35 seconds. Yeah. Because we just had the strategy down. Yeah. And like, that's uh, no hit run. No hit run, right. So, like, this, I'm going to talk about no, this. And in this game, no scope. No run. scope. <laughs> exactly. We no scoped him. Uh, so, we were fighting a boss called Gorefist. Bad name. Big okay. Uh -huh. Bad name. Bad Can name. Can you describe him? Give his, Tell me about Gorefist. Uh, Gorefist is a big tree man with big with a big sword. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's not what I expected. No. He got a, he's got. Is he got a mouth? I don't think Gorefist had a mouth. They, well, I'm, that's not true. Gorefist. Gorefist like. How big rawr. is how big is that hand that he's holding the sword in? Is it big? It's a it's a fist. Is it big though? <laughs> See, I don't want to do it. I don't. I'm gonna be honest. I was like, I'll just go look it up. I'm not adding Gorefist <laughs> to my Google search terms. I don't want that in the no. algorithm. That's fair. You know what that's gonna do? That's bad. Don't do it. No one Google Gorefist. <laughs> um, why did Patrick? Why did? Why did his wife file divorce papers? Well, well, the Gorefist found the Gorefist. Gorefist is like gnarled wood with like red glowy shit and like. You know, it's a it's one of these root monsters. Still, it has like glowy red eyes and one of those. And, you know them. <laughs> you know the type. You know the type. One of those. <laughs> it charges at you. It goes like Rawr, and then it charges at you. But but it's doing this in a dilapidated like underground factory setting, which is a pretty distinct thing uh, in terms of the the Soul series. Like most of the most boss fights happen in arenas. Mm -hmm. Maybe the arenas have columns or maybe it's a long hallway or something but this is like a big like factory area that feels more like an fps arena than a than like a third person action game arena where like there are little there are discrete rooms and there are hallways and there are there's like you know after trying it for like 15 minutes to fight him regularly like in one space we realized that oh there's a stairwell that goes up to like catwalks and then goes up to a second story of this factory and we found a room that – so the way this, fought, this boss fight works is he puts pressure on you pretty constantly. Mm -hmm. He goes between kind of dragging his sword like pyramid head basically and then charging you and hitting you with it or kind of just doing a local – like a, a close-range combo. But then uh, every 15, 20 seconds, ads show up, these little kind of like spore uh, babies yeah. Yeah. charge you. They're not babies, but they're like little spore, spore kin. Or something. I don't know they're what like, their technical lore term is. They look is. like balloons with legs. They look like balloons with like like lumpy balloons with legs. And they not the ones that <laughs> Oh, you, not the not the one not the super round ones, the, no, the, the lumpy, lumpy ones that explode. tumorous ones yeah, that yeah, explode yeah, yeah. Right, right, and right. give you fucking root rot, yep. which is like curse from Dark Souls. Yeah. Where if you fill up the bar with a root rot, you just take a ton of damage instantly. Yep. And so those will charge you. So it's like you got this big motherfucker <laughs> charging you, and then you have these popping balloons that when they pop near you, you will get you will die. Fuck. Um and so, so I'm, I'm watching this. I'm watching this fight. The Gorefist uh, fight. It, the Gorefist yeah. fight. Um, I went into did, uh, Google uh, Incognito. Okay. I went into <laughs> Incognito. Uh -huh. There you go. Yeah. Not, um, but all right. So explain to me how this would be any fun with two people because it just seems oh, like all, well, someone kites them. No, and no, then no. The uh, other guy just pelts those. Them. So one is the different. It's way more difficult in multiplayer. The the they tune that up right. Okay. Uh, two. Those little guys will fucking sneak up on that other player and target that other player and will blow up behind them and give him root rot okay. and just instantly kill him. 
And then the first player is like, well, okay. fuck, I'm now single. I'm now a solo player playing on the two-person difficulty with the increased health and damage. You. So you end up, what we ended up doing is finding a room upstairs where we could kite him around in a circle. And most of the, we started calling them the boys, the little spore <laughs> babies, were, were running up, the, were running up the, the stairwell at us. And we had someone on spore duty and yeah. someone on, on blood fist, gore fist, sorry, not blood fist. Gore fist Gore duty, fist. Um, and by that last by the last round, it was like we got it right. Yes. Um, I, I cannot under I cannot undersell or oversell rather. I cannot overstate uh, how easy it is to go down if if uh, Gore fist gets a few hits in on you. You yeah. are not particularly strong. <laughs> you don't have a lot of a lot of HP. You don't have a lot of like health uh, to to play with without grinding a lot uh, but we didn't have to grind we ended up like doing the thing where the first time through we got killed in 30 seconds yeah. then we had a bunch of runs in the middle where like we were making better progress we were lasting longer we were able to revive each other and then by the very end uh, we like ran right through it in a minute you know and, nice. and that felt incredible because of that arc um, and then we then we like, kept playing and we hit a big story beat that was actually extremely good. Like we we hit some stuff early on that I won't get into sto story stuff. I won't like spoil that stuff because I actually think it's kind of interesting. First, where we met kind of this old timer who had like just lived an interesting life, um, and we did the thing where we like kept asking him for more. He's like, oh, I got some, I got some old stories to tell you yeah. about the world, and like, or you could buy my stew. I'm selling <laughs> stew. Um, and his stew is really good. His stew gives you like, act, or like attack up or defense up, depending on which one you buy, for an hour. Ooh. And that lasts even after you die. So it's like one of those things where you're like, all right, I'm about to do a boss run. Like I'm gonna, yeah. I'm stuck on this boss. I'm gonna drink this stew. This stew is gonna like give me the attack up for the next hour of attempts on this boss, <laughs> um, which is absolutely the sort of thing that happens to me. So, uh, so, so that was an interesting character. And then we met someone else who, who, uh, immediately gave a degree of um, insight into what happened from a particular perspective through someone who lived through it that was both like genuinely kind of tragic and also still like hopeful in this very particular way about like what to do in the mo in a moment of crisis and like how to try to spin things back to protect the people you love. And that is not what I expected mm. in a game called Remnant from the Ashes. <laughs> Uh, by the studio that made Darksiders 3. Like, I have been really surprised. Just pick one. Remnant would be a fine From name. the Ashes would be fine. From the Ashes is a great name. I bet there's already a From the Ashes game, right? Moby Games. Yeah. I wanted to, like, if, I could never get anyone on the record about this sort of stuff, but, like, there's just so many games that do the, and movies do this too, but, like, games in particular do the, you know, have to have the subtitle because they clearly, like, the... They must do like a marketing test, and it's like comes by people don't understand what the game is. Kingdom, like, they don't get of any Avalor. sense of it from the title. Reckoning. Right. Well, that's because <laughs> yeah, that's because Kingdom of Amalur like, well, the is a different thing. Is the reckoning part like oh, it's an action game? Is uh, like that? Is that what the reckoning? But it was part? the first like, one. I just don't, right? It wasn't supposed to be. That's <laughs> the thing. The Kingdom of Kingdoms of Amalur thing <laughs> right, is is right, a, right. as an exception because Kingdoms of Amalur was going to be the MMO, right? And right, Reckoning right, was right, their gotcha. like spinoff game, right. and then ended yeah, up being yeah, yeah. the only yeah. one that. But this does happen <laughs> a lot. You're not wrong. Halo Horizon Zero Dawn. Halo Combat Evolved. Like that game is called <laughs> Halo Combat Evolved. That uh, one, but that one makes. Th but here's the thing. That at least I understand. Like so transparently through the name, 
the like marketing pragmatism yeah. that occurred yeah. on it, yeah. right? Like it communicates like it actually like yo that game like was revolutionary in combat and AI, so like they weren't lying, but it's like like Horizon Zero Dawn, like either of those yeah. are cool ass names, but like together it's like and it doesn't even have a colon. I don't think they put a colon no. in that one, and that one that's. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, Horizon sorry. Zero Dawn. Horizon Hobby Horse. Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. Like that game a lot. Uh, yeah, I think Patrick, you should play Remnant. Um, I think you have. I think you have yeah. a code floating around for it. You should give it a shot. That's cool. There's no. There's no games out right now. I'm no. Fine. I, I just, I no. I for and... real played this. So it was very fun going between this and Astral. Can Chain. I play it solo? Yeah, like, yeah I, I started. Yeah, I, I, I started I playing, playing it solo. solo. Yeah, go ahead, Kato. You speak. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, I was playing solo, and I picked the sniper class and i was still having a really good time uh you get a pistol and a long rifle um and one the, one of my favorite things about it actually has been that it feel it like in the way that it feels good to do the thing and to shoot the guns is that it it feels like it's tuned to where like a lot of the trash mobs take just the right amount of uh like pistol bullets that I'm running around with that mostly and like taking them out and then I'll see a bigger enemy that I like have to take a couple shots at dodge out of the way hit the little guys coming around the corner like there's a lot of like moments where um I find myself swapping because there's like more of the little enemies but I can take them out quicker quicker with my pistol like it just has a good combat flow to it that's the other thing it was like so I I was playing the cultist or the ex sorry the ex cultist yeah Uh, (laughs) really that stigma I don't want that stigma to follow her around class (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, uh, and she has an ability or my character had an ability where it's like um, it's a heal over it's it's like a 10 second heal over time in an area is that the one that you equip to a a gun. So yes, you okay. equip yeah, your yeah. you equip. Was it not true for you? Is no, it was. It was. Okay. It was just a different. Um, that one. You is, like the mark thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like see through walls, which is actually surprisingly useful. Yeah, I bet you don't want to walk in. It's definitely a game where you don't want to walk into a room filled with enemies and not know and, under, especially <laughs> some enemies that will just like rip you. To, like there's a. The, have you seen the chainsaw? Not chainsaw. Chain uh, chain gun. Like minigun. No. Guys? Oh my god. I've not seen I a minigun guy. I, I walked what? into what this guy. Fighting? Have yeah. you seen the the sickles guy? Maybe. We just started calling the sickles guy the bad one. Like <laughs> Jack and I, we would like hear the sound of this guy fucking appearing, and then. Uh, one of us would go, oh, shit, I think the bad one is here. Because he would just run up on you. He seems to be invincible, huh. or he has, huh. like, a shield that you have to shoot through. But yeah, it, yeah. it isn't just, like, a bar. It's just, like, it looks like he is bending time and space around him. I did and not see we'll that. And then grab someone and then decapitate them in such what? a way that they cannot be revived. And so it seemed, in my playthrough, like, even in co-op, that's like, all right, you both have to go back to the right. checkpoint. There's, like, a QTE to get out of it, I guess. I didn't. It didn't happen to me. It happened to Jack. Anyway, no. minigun. I didn't find a fucking minigun guy. Yeah. I felt like weird magical archers. Uh, Who has a minigun? What? Yeah, just some motherfucker, you big motherfucker with a minigun where I like didn't even see him. I turned a corner and then I hear the gun spinning up. I'm wow. like, what's that? I turn around well, still and a, just am shredded in like seconds. Is it still a tree person? Yes, it's still okay. a tree person. <laughs> they should have never given tree people guns. No. IMO. Um, uh. Anyway, uh, the thing the thing there that uh, just like, I mean, part of the thing that we're underscoring is like it, there's actually, it seems like the proc gen, yeah, like the way it's pulling from the different sets of enemies, the way it's because that's the other thing is like I fought Gorefist. Gorefist might not be in that room. There's at right. least one other enemy that could be in that room. Unfortunately, it's uh, it's Shroud. Uh, Shroud is in that room. The name of the boss is Shroud. Yeah. I don't know if they have a deal with Shroud. The the, the no, that was it. That was the one I found. Oh, Shroud. That's- 
But that, that's the boss. That's I, a, you have to fight that character. Eventually, maybe. No, no, no. That's your forward progress. I got I got past Wait, that you area. Subway? Oh, did you without fighting? Yeah. It, so you did sneak through that. We thought yeah, we were yeah, curious yeah. if you could. No, you. Yes. Interesting. Because I could not uh, on my own, especially okay. where I first encountered it. Uh, it was super early. Like I walked. In, it was like the first indoor building I hit. I was like, there's a bunch of outdoor places, a few enemies, a, one with the sword. And then I go into a building, and like right. the first thing there, there's like this column, and I was like, "What the fuck is that? That's right. weird." And so yeah, you, yeah, you got shroud instead of Gorefist. Great. Uh, <laughs> shout outs to pro gamer Sh- shroud. <laughs> the new gig in Remnant from the Ashes is the first boss you fight. Fucked me up. Uh, um, anyway, I, I think it's it is it is pretty good. Uh, you know, the thing I was gonna say was you equip your um, abilities to your weapons. I just yeah. remembered the point yeah, yeah, I was yeah. making. And you charge those up by using the weapons. Yep. And so like, I put my heal on my pistol because I use that the most. Yeah. I, I save my... So the ex-cultist has a coach gun, which is like a mid-range shotgun. Mm. Um, and uh, so it's like, well, I, I fire that you know, uh, sometimes, but I mostly pick people off with this pistol. Yeah. And so I have my heal recharging on that with like every shot I take, basically, every hit I, hit, every hit I have. Um, but you could... You know, and now I have another thing on my shotgun. It's, it's like the big... Builds seem cool. I'm getting to the point where I might actually switch to where I have abilities from the other classes I'd prefer, and like mm-hmm. mix and match. It's like Souls. You're you're creating a starter kit. You're not right, right. you're not just like doing the the thing where you're like, here is what I'm locked into for the whole game. Do you eventually get? Have you got any other weapons? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, There's like cool. a, a de facto like an actual sniper rifle uh, that I have now, nice. um, and then a different melee weapon I found, I want to say. I mean, eventually this becomes a loot game. Right. That's the other half of this, Patrick, is like, you're upgrading your weapons the way you would in the Souls games. You're getting Titanite, or not Titanite, you're getting iron and yeah. some other bullshit thing that upgrades your weapons. You have an Estus Flask <laughs> type thing called a Dragon's the egg. dragon's heart. Dragon's heart. That's what it is. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the loot angle is like weirdly being like not fully explored in like a dark. I mean, I know Neo had a ton of it, a lot yeah, of yeah, loot. Yeah. In fact, actually, to the point where people were like, ah, maybe you should like not have this much. Like you were having to sort through so much junk yeah. in order to find like useful stuff. And I guess the UI got better. They patched it out as it went along. And I'm curious to see how uh, Neo Two handles it, but. Like, yeah, that's actually been, a, like, a weirdly underexplored aspect. Maybe because, in some ways, like, people, like, consider it, like, foundational that, like, you know, things are the way they are mm-hmm. when you deal with the world. But um, it, make, it makes a lot of sense for someone to play around with, like, uh, sort of, like, loot stuff in a, in a Souls context. And so, I don't know. I redeemed a code. All right. All right. I downloaded You're doing it. it. Hell yeah. The thing for me that I got from playing it was, like, oh, could I have found my Warframe? Mm. Right. Like, I like how this feels. The thing with Warframe is I think the world is fantastic. I think all the lore stuff I've read is so fucking cool. Yeah. I love the visual designs of every character. I Why didn't we record that I know. reveal that we did at I E3? Know. Well, like, why didn't we just have someone hold up a I know. phone? We all had phones all in our pockets. I know. That fucking moment is so good. Yeah. Uh, people should go back to our E3 pods where at least we gesture at the fact that I read uh, uh-huh. About a big twist in the Warframe lore, lore reasons Warframe, Loreframe, <laughs> Loreframe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but this gave me that feeling of like, oh, because I like the moment to moment so much, I can imagine plucking away at this quietly, checking in on it from time to time. You know, having this like honeymoon period with it right now. Um, before, like, I'm gonna finish up Astral Chain. I'll have a little bit of time before I have to do another review, and then I can like 
put some more time into this and really enjoy it and then check in on it whenever there's new content drops. Um, it's also doing super well uh, and it's doing super well on like no marketing that I'd seen. Maybe I'm wrong yeah. about that. Maybe maybe there was quietly a lot of marketing. Maybe there were like deals with streamers and stuff. I have a lot of emails in my inbox. See, I have none. <laughs> this is things like, a remnant from the actions. I had no idea this existed until Matthew Galt, one of the uh, correspondents and freelancers for, for uh, Vice Games, um, was like, oh, hey, I'm playing this thing. It seems pretty good. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we, okay. we he said, "Hey, this this game pitches itself as Dark Souls with guns and multiplayer." And we're like, "That's just a good headline. Yeah. Even if that game sucks, like yeah. you should write 500 words on it and tell people it's not good." And then he came back and was like, "Yo, this game doesn't suck." He <laughs> was like, "That's even better." <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah, it was a, it's a very nice surprise, and yeah. so I'll, I'll always take one of those. Um, cool. Uh, Matthew Gott literally just DM'd me to say, "Yo, did you get a chance to check out Remnant?" <laughs> So that's very funny. Perfect. Um, uh, all right. I think before we go, I do have. Uh, oh no! I already asked the good question last time. Do we not want to run through the games? Yeah, the, the we should do that. Yeah, so there, was, there was a lot. We'll do it quick. So uh, do you have that? Probably should have done that at the top of the podcast. That's like a way that a yeah. normal podcast <laughs> would have done things. Instead, we talked about so you I getting talked sad about this weekend. Bumblebee. Yeah. No, it's fine. So there was a Nintendo. Uh, so Gamescom popping off right now uh, in Germany. Gamescom is popping off right now in Germany. That's a sentence. Uh, and it, it, one of the early things was a uh, Switch, a Nintendo Switch stream. Indie World. Called Indie World. Uh, my favorite Travis Scott album uh, that <laughs> went over a bunch of indie releases coming up uh, on the Nintendo Switch. Or, not just coming up, out now. Two games in which you kill a bunch of motherfuckers yeah. is out, are out now on Switch. Those are <laughs> super hot Line Miami. Both of those are out <laughs> right now. Uh, uh, super good. hot Hotline Miami on Switch right now. Uh, in fact, um, the Hotline Miami is the- Those are both great games. The collection. collection. I think it's one and two. Yeah. I never got around to two. I kind of bounced off of it after playing like the first 30 minutes or something. Like I that. was like, I had enough of like, I pl yeah, I played like a, a, like a, you know, six, seven hours of the first one. Like kind of hit my fill on like what it was doing. It was like, cool, like, yeah, we're good, and like didn't never got a, never felt any like compelled enough to check out the the sequel. But like that and Super Hot make a lot of sense for totally Switch. Those I, are good. I've heard Super Hot runs ports. at sixty frames per second. I, I hear it like it just works. It also is, looks like you have, or at least there's the option for gyroscopic control on uh, uh, on in handheld mode. Okay, hold that's it up interesting. And look, and look around, around before moving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, you know, I've read from several developers that. Um, like that, like are thinking about Switch that like when they do VR, that's like almost like a testing ground oh, to see if you can pull off your game on Switch because VR requires you to have double the frame rate mm. in order to achieve the effect. And so, like I saw the um, uh, someone from no this team on No Man's Sky where someone asked like, "Hey, man, this game would be cool on Switch if you could pull it off." And they said, "Well." The VR stuff is us trying to figure out can we get the engine to perform at a level that allows us to even think about. This seems like it's yeah. even inevitable. No Man's Sky will come to Switch at some point, but it it sounded like this like doing VR is like a way to figure out how do you get your engine in shape to even consider doing mm. something on on Switch. Totally. Uh, what else? Uh, Risk of Rain two coming out uh, on the Switch. Is this Which I hear is great. I liked the first one a it, lot. It's still in early access. Oh, it's out of early access now. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't realize that was Me either. Out of early access. That's what huh. the story says. Wait, did it actually come out of early access? 
Early access making my I life feel like harder. I was going to be in there for a couple of years. Me too. I'm checking. Really? It says early access. I think I think that this writer meant came out in early access. Yeah, that's my thought. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, this is definitely an early. Still yeah. early. Uh, I thought there were only like a few maps available. Um, Torchlight Two coming out on September third. Uh, Creature in the Well, which is that like dungeon crawler pinball game. Yeah, that you played or yeah, wanted to play. I, it? Got, I, I wanted got a code to play. Oh, nice. Um, Awesome. I like pinball. Um, but I like more pinball games, please. Um, like, just under an underutilized format for, for like, genre smashing, I think, nice. honestly. Totally. What else? The game that came out last year was really, really good. The game, the name escapes me. It was that um, pinball platformer. Oh. Uh, uh, oh, what was Yoku's it? Yoku's Island? Yoku's Island Express. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Yoku's yeah. Island Express. What a, oh, that was such a good game. <laughs> did that not make, did that make your top ten? It was not like at eleven. It got, oh, it got okay. punted out. But it's one of those games that I regret. Yeah. In retrospect, should have just been harder. Like, just should you know what? God of War. I did like you, but you know what? Like, stole my heart. Yoku's Island Express. <laughs> Island Express. Uh, I'm going down this list over at, from over at Kotaku just to shout out uh, whoever wrote this, uh, Ethan, over at Kotaku. Um, Freedom Finger, which I didn't. What's that? Did y'all see Freedom? I'm looking at a screenshot. I keep Don't seeing know. emails and stuff for that. It. Looks weird. You're, it's a shooter. Yeah, you're it's a like a yeah. Okay, but you're a finger. There's there, there's a lot of middle finger, and it just had a little sensor bar over it because it's Nintendo apparently. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know because the the other trailers I've seen haven't been censored, but this one was. Okay, <laughs> Holler Miami. Oh, they sent they sent though. an email at some point that was like, "Do you want to interview them about the censored mode?" And I was like, "I'm good. Mm, yeah, I'm all right." <laughs> Uh, I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even drag a game that I've not. No, even, we haven't played you know, it. What, Maybe it's know. very funny. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, Blasphemous, which is one of it looks to me like a two D, like two D Souls type thing, hmm. but with more platforming. Uh, one of the many two D Souls inspired ones that have come out in the last few years. Um, I remember I wanted to that one that was from like. Do you remember the one? Yeah. That you, like you and I played yeah, it, yeah. or I watched you play it, like at a PAX. Can't remember what the name was. It wasn't very good, I'd, or at least it didn't do anything yeah. for me. This has like a, a, a little bit. Like I, I like the dream of making two D Dark Souls. Yeah. But like every single one I've played, with the exception of uh, Salt and Sanctuary, right, which was like pretty interesting. And I know people really liked it. It didn't do a whole lot for me. This is, but I know like the dream of two D Dark Souls is out. This there. This is hewing a little bit more towards Castlevania. Like I mean, I, I do think Dark Souls. I've said this before. That I think Dark Souls and Bloodborne are like the extension of Castlevania uh, design principles into third person, mm-hmm. especially like Symphony of the Night era stuff mm-hmm. into third person. Um, but this feels a, a faster like Castlevania, or this looks faster like Castlevania. There's more like weird, big two D sprite based bosses that seem like they could be good uh, at that. It's also gory in a very particular like comic book aesthetic gore mode that I think is actually well executed. Um, uh, I, you know, maybe this will be the one. Um, the boss battles do look genuinely really fucking cool. Look at that baby. That baby's scary looking. <laughs> it's a giant baby. I'm gonna show. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. Let's yeah. Right if it's baby, Kato. Right. Oh look, the, the like the, the uh huh. The boss battles in particular like oh. have like a very. Oh. What's that baby doing? Um, yeah, I don't know what that baby was doing. Oh baby, what you doing? Yeah. Dancing. That's. I told Jessica that all the time. <laughs> um. <laughs> It had, but the boss is like a very like SNES, almost like 
Contra Three yeah, vibe uh-huh. to some of them yeah. uh, in a way. This looks uh, it looks cool. metal like, as shit. This looks yeah. There's some stuff yeah. here. I hope it's good. Um, but I guess the, the problem is a lot of these games have have really beautiful trailers, yeah. and then the moment I play them, they're just not. They just don't feel good to play. Yeah. And so hopefully this one bucks the trend because it's got a good trailer. I just don't know about the other parts. Uh, in this indie showcase, uh, Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition coming over to Switch on September 27th. Uh, there was an Hell Xbox yeah. Game Studios, the most indie of <laughs> studios. Uh, I mean, I know that's a small developer. I understand what, how indie is being used here. Uh, but again, there's a, another another uh, Microsoft uh, Nintendo team up here. Yeah. Um, the tour, the tourist, great game, breaking. What's up? No, I was no, I was saying it was a great game. I thought you said <laughs> breaking. I thought you were like breaking because no. I know you're. I, yeah, <laughs> breaking. Do Ori? Uh, hold on, I'm hearing <laughs> Ori in the Blind Forest is a great game. I thought you told me before the start that you were going to be watching Twitter because of the Microsoft event. I am, and I thought you were like, oh shit, breaking news. But there wasn't. And, uh, yeah, breaking news. Jordan Miner just retweeted an article. Or in the Blind Forest brings more Xbox into goodness and Nintendo Switch. He's right. Great. Jordan's Shout right. Breaking Jordan. news. Jordan Miner. I hope you're doing good, Jordan. Uh, it's a good game. And they patched, and the Definitive Edition patches out my biggest problem with the first one, which I mentioned before, where you they lock off an area so you can't 100% the game without replaying it. They fixed that in the Definitive, the definitive Edition. See all the map. I get that. So you weren't excited about the the news that Spartans from Halo Reach are going to be playable in Gears Five. That wasn't what you were getting excited about. Okay. Um, No, uh, the Tourist, a voxel puzzle adventure game, apparently that looks reminiscent, says Ethan Gatch, of Star Tropics. Uh, That that looks pretty. Voxels. Mm -hmm. Fucking cannot believe. That that motherfucker who makes Cube World put the Wale. trailer. Wale. Send him an email. Send him an email already. We're trying to find out what's going on. <laughs> Type of screen has 140,000 views on YouTube. Wait, wait, he put that on YouTube? That wasn't just a Twitter video? Yeah. Oh, this motherfucker. No, it's, um, it's, it's, For people who don't know, this is a. I only thought about this because I saw the word voxel. Cube <laughs> World is a game that came out like five years. Uh, 2013 was the last build. Came out. Okay. Uh, is, there was a um, build that a was j- sold in 2013, <laughs> and also a bill of goods that was sold in 2013, uh, uh, because people expected it to be, uh, you know, given the the conventions of, of games coming out on alpha, especially at the time in the world of Minecraft, would be something that would get continuous updates. And instead, every six months. Well, one of the two devs on it, uh, Wall underscore Lay on Twitter, updates just like six screenshots of features that he's like, oh yeah, I added quests to this game. There's like new types of... Well, it's getting updates, it's just nobody, nobody can play, can play them. them. It's for the developer to yeah. play. Uh, and then last week or something, he was like, oh, I want to show you the new title screen. And it's just a minute and a half of the title screen music playing... And then him loading into his game and playing the game for like 15 seconds. It's like proof of life. It's like he's. It would be ideal if it also included today's newspaper to prove that it was real. It's unbelievable. The troll, the level of trolling going on at this point is through the roof. People are very desperate. Some people, like me, would still play that game. 
I know the world has moved on. I have not. Comedic Hack and Slash, Skellboy, uh, which is by the people who Skellboy. did um, Slime Sod, which seemed like a pretty cool game. Hmm. Uh, and that's out on, on the Nintendo Switch later this year. It's like a 3D, but Yeah, pixely. pixely 3D. You put your skeleton and you put things on your body. Yeah, you like put things on. pumpkins. Yeah. And things. Like skin. Like, yeah, you flesh. eat different, different ways, different versions of flesh and skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair. Uh, what else is coming? Munchkin Quack Quest. I didn't see this at all. What is that? It's based on Munchkin. I mean, I uh, will say generally like a kind of like an, un, like uh, there are a couple of highlights, but like. I don't even know if we need to go through. Okay. Like, if I mean, there were other ones you I'm thought were interesting. It, like, I'm just like, there were a lot, it was a little underwhelming. I, I, yeah. It looked like good games. Is there anything else that popped out to y'all that you're like, this is a cool thing? I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking through of, uh, some of the other ones. Um, Munchkin, that's based off the Munchkin. The Munchkin card game. Card game, right? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I have I think no so. idea. There was a, a Zelda E game in here that I had not heard of. Uh, I'm trying to scan through to find the clip. Uh, no, not Northgard. Nope. Where is it? <laughs> Uh, are so you thinking full. of uh, what the golf seems good? I'm glad I got a really little switch that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does look neat. No, it had some gorgeous 2D art, but I cannot. Oh, Eastward, 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 Eastward. the Eastward. Chucklefish yeah, game. Yeah, Eastward, Chucklefish. Eastward. There's another. Oh. I think it's another. Eastward does look gorgeous. Eastward. Eastward got a highlight. This one was in like the montage. Oh, in the, the sizzle reel at the end. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there are like a bunch that he's just tossed like two, two or three uh, seconds. I see to. Skater XL in here, and that reminds me that I briefly want to shout out oh, a yeah. game that I played last week, uh, Session, which is like hashtag Skate 4, but for real. That's coming out in September, September 17th. No, is it September 2017th? Or 17th? September 2017th <laughs> is what I just said out loud. Um, session, uh, it's like a skateboarding sim that is out on September 17th. Okay. Um, I really had a f- lot of fun with it. I'm going to try to write up my, finish writing up my, my uh, experience with it later today. Um, uh, it is a, a dual stick skateboarding game where your left, tr- left thumbstick is your left foot, your right thumbstick is Ooh. your right foot, uh, which is the way that skate worked, if I remember right, when you were in trick mode, but you directed yourself normally with the left thumbstick. Right. In this, you direct yourself with left and the left and right triggers. You like lean left and right with that. So your feet are always the thumbsticks. Huh. And it's a run. It's a game that's like you just have a space to play in. It's, it's like the Financial District of New York, which has a couple of like major skate spots uh, in it historically. Um, and you can kind of explore around and set up your your like runs and like do trick runs. You'd be like, all right, I want to, I want to like go do a trick over this bench or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and practicing those and then executing on them ended up being way more fun than I ever imagined. I like watched the devs playing and they were like good at the game already. <laughs> so yeah. they were like just doing stuff. I'm nice. still messing up, but then I sat down to do it. I was like, I want to grind down this rail. Uh-huh. I'm going to do a cool kick flip <laughs> and then grind down this rail. I'm going to do a nose grind or a 5-0. Yeah. I was going to say. And when I, it took me 15, 20 minutes to do it. But the moment I hit it, I like shouted and gave everyone in the room a high five. <laughs> it was like really, really fun and nice. compelling to like. Sparklight. Sparklight. That's the name of the indie game. That Another Zelda. That's the name of the indie uh, game. Mm-hmm. Cool. Coming to Switch. Got a cool look. Um, anything else from that event or anything else coming out of Gamescom already that's interesting to y'all? I'll be curious to where this Nintendo partnership goes from here because the first time that I heard about it was what was the Ori right. was 
someone at Microsoft being like, I want to play Ori on Switch. And like that's and then they did. where a lot of this went from. <laughs> and then they did. Huh. Um, and so I'm just now they've done the two obvious games, and I'm just curious. Was Minecraft was the other what one? What they would even do. Or what are you saying? Well, Minecraft has been there for a okay. while. They did Cuphead. Oh, and, Cuphead. And yeah, then yeah, they yeah, did yeah, sure. Ori. Um, did you see that thing going around that was curious, not like, true that, this weekend? The thing that I saw, no, like, what? mad people who got caught up in the moment that was, like, a fake Nintendo tweet about being able to use your, your Xbox controllers on Nintendo. Wow. It was, like, a mock-up screenshot that looked like the Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller was plugged in, basically. Uh, and mad people were like, yo, this is cool. And, I like, there were a number of times I had to do the pull, the friendly pull aside of, like, yo, that's a, that's a fake tweet. You, get, you have to check the at on that shit. But, Shit. <laughs> That would that's a good that idea cool. though. Yeah. Devil May Cry Five is on Game Pass. That would be cool. DM, Devil May Cry Five on Game Pass. All right, sure. Also, you can just use your Xbox controller on a Switch. Like you just have to get a dongle for oh, it. Sure, like, sure, the, sure, sure. Uh, I uh, the eight bit uh, do the controller I've been using for um, my uh, uh, Mario Maker stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, like that company just like. You can just like connect your your Xbox controller. Gotcha. But yeah, it'd be cool to have like actual support. That'd be neat. Why are there finishing moves in else. Destiny now, Kato? Because they wanted more things to sell. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> the market has demands, I suppose. Yeah, you can buy those. You can also get that currency in game. So. Um, and then tonight there's going to be Death Stranding, presumably, right? Yeah. Tonight, I thought it was tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the the big announcements are yeah the Kajim or the, I thought uh, the the Keely that thing. was at like two. Mm, I thought it was at like eight. I'm in a group chat with other with other people from Vice, being like, I think it's at. Someone said it was at eight, so it would be good if it was earlier. I would like that. I think someone didn't. Uh, what's it called? Do the time conversion right? Oh, really? 2 p.m. Eastern. Hey, wait, is... Yeah. Is Idris Elba in the new NBA career mode? Oh, shit. Yeah, dude, I'm watching the trailer. (laughs) What? Great. (laughs) What's he doing there? Yeah, 2 p.m. Eastern. Is he playing his character from Hobbs and Shaw? Brixton? (laughs) Who's he playing? He's playing like the coach. Is he... Is it... What's his accent? Is it is he is he doing his real accent or is he doing string? No, he's neut- neutral American. Okay, <laughs> neutral American. Neutral <laughs> American. My favorite. D&D. Yeah, can someone can someone make some sort of modify the meme? <laughs> to add to Idris Elba accents. Neutral uh, American. <laughs> neutral American. God. All right. I think we. Uh, this is the thing. Is like Gamescom is happening. We yeah. could just sit here and hit refresh on Twitter. <laughs> And then we'll never get out of this fucking nah, podcast. They, fi- they just finished the Xbox okay. One, so there's, there, there won't be anything until, until two. Uh, for but it is two. We'll Wait, it is two yeah, yeah, today. Confirmed. You just double checked. It is right. yeah, well, the, the, two. The two Jeff Keighley Eastern. thing, right? That's what you're talking about. I'm talking about the Jeff Keighley yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Opening night live. That's it. Opening night p.m. live. 8 p.m. CET. 2 p.m. ET. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. That's I'm gonna quickly uh-huh. after we get off this call <laughs> be like, yo, actually, that thing is at is at two. All right. Well. I hope you enjoy your Gamescom from wherever you're listening, <laughs> uh, especially Thanks. if you're listening to, at Gamescom, because I hear it's really hectic there, huh. and there's a lot of people. Um, 
as always. Four ninety nine for Apple Arcade per What month. do you get? What am I getting? They haven't said yet. They haven't even announced this formula yet. There's a beta test going oh, on. Oh, hey, I have a quick shout out. Yeah, give me a uh, shout out. I went to FlameCon over the weekend. Oh, hell yeah. Shout out uh, to FlameCon. Shout out to FlameCon. Super fun. Great show. Saw lots of great art and bought some too. Also, shout out to everyone who said hi. Uh, a, a lot of our fans were there and that's really cool. And they all were like, thank you all so much for making everything you do. So shout outs to them. Absolutely. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Um, shout outs also I have a quick shout out Lee trailer for a new Settlers game a new Settlers Settlers like the mm-hmm. strategy game or like Settlers of Catan the, the strategy, the strategy. Okay. you could imagine why yeah these days uh, shout outs to um, uh, to I'm gonna actually shout it out I better get the name right uh Gundam, is it Gunpla Builder Gundam? Gundam Warfare? Warfare? Yeah, yeah, Bad name. Ah, there's this Stadia thing in 10 minutes. All right, then okay. we should hang up and watch the Stadia thing and see if there's any reason to write about it. Gunpla I've Battle. heard Stadia maybe not. Gundam Warfare. I, I'm increasingly concerned that the infrastructure is not ready for Stadia. <laughs> and I've heard... Huh. Well, that's why it's going to be a that's why it's going to be a controlled beta test this oh, fall, right? I mean, it's basically yes, an early access. Yes, launch. yes. I've just I have begun to hear more and more rumors from people that are like, "Yikes!" So we'll see. We'll see how that <laughs> I bought I bought that thing. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad one of us did. I'm glad one of us will have firsthand. I'm going to break down and fucking buy it too, probably. Now that I, now that I say that out loud, because I want to I want to see if it. Can I wasn't stand sure like up to New York internet. Like it's yeah. unclear. Right, like, well, I want to see how it works. And I, like, I don't know how their press rollout is going to be. Right. Like, do they want press into the beta test, or are they like afraid it's is it such a trash fire that it's just like forget more forgivable? The headlines will be less blunt if it's like you got to pay to get in it. So I was like, ah, fuck it, I can always cancel the pre-order yeah. later. Oh, but I'm playing this Gundam. S- said the guy that bought a yeah. What, what, what was one of those cubes? Did you buy an Ouya that we all bought? You bought an Ouya? Oh hell yeah! I wow. I did, and then I and then I canceled. I canceled my Ouya. I like, I felt it. I was like, ooh, wait, this is a mistake. I'm a college, or I'm, ooh, a, yeah, I'm a grad I'm like, student. Ooh, yeah, I don't want to buy this. I, like, I got that $100 is rent money. Yeah. <laughs> ooh, yeah. More like, ooh, no. I literally just said that. That's, yeah, they just synced Good. up. <laughs> yeah, it was a great line. We should all fight for the credit for that one. <laughs> yeah. We got to get off this call. This stadium thing is going to happen in a couple minutes. We got to wrap yeah, up. Let's yeah. go. Did you do your shout out? Did I, I interrupted did. it? Did That's, you finish it? Uh, that Gundam game isn't great, but I'm playing it. I built a cool robot. Yeah. I, I'm not recommending it because it's a gotcha and I don't want people to spend their money. <laughs> don't but, do it. But build one robot. Follow me on Twitter at also build one robot. Go in there, build a robot. See how it uh, looks. I think you could probably play it without giving it money, is what I will say. You I haven't get, gone very far. You do get a lot of like coins or whatever to do your pools and get more parts. Mm. Um, I built a robot I like a lot. So that's nice. something. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore. Walker, I almost said I almost said robot. Austin <laughs> underscore robot. <laughs> That's if not, that doesn't exist yet, it's gone. There is someone briefly made a Twitter bot of me, but then immediately it fell into disrepair. So Austin <laughs> underscore robot, the account has been suspended. Whoa! <laughs> uh, what happened to Austin underscore robot? The people want to know. <laughs> Don't look it up. I bet Austin underscore robot was a Nazi. I guarantee. <laughs> God. Follow Fuck. me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Kato, where can people follow you? Walkers. 
Kato? Like a peace walker? Where can where can people follow you? <laughs> you took my bit. I was gonna I wanted to take I wanted to say t- uh, Kato's Twitter account when you asked oh, me. What is your, and then he wouldn't be Patrick, able to say what his. Is your, what is your what is your Twitter? Where can people find you on Twitter? You can follow me at, at uh, dash Kato uh, forward slash appears. There it is. Great. Uh-huh. That's how Twitter handles work. That's how they work in the future. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. There it is, the classic. As always, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Waypoint. Follow everything we do at waypoint.vice.com. I don't know if you were dragging Rob. No, it's, it's just Rob Zachney is Rob Zachney. That's all. That's all there is to it. The classic classic. Rob Zachney. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You can always just trust. Rob has good tweets. Let me, let me put this out there. If you're listening to this, you're not following anyone on this feed, you should go follow everybody on this feed. Everyone on this yeah. cast. Good Twitter's out there. Or just follow Rob. Just follow Rob. <laughs> Every weekend, Rob has like a good six tweets that are like, wow, Rob is having a cool weekend. <laughs> I'm positive on what Rob is up to right now. Rob is th- thinking deep thoughts about whatever he's watching. <laughs> Rob, cool weekend exactly. <laughs> That's him. The classic. <laughs> All right. I'm fucking hanging up. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back later this week with more stuff. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. <laughs> classic Rob, classic pod. Classic Rob, classic pod. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> bringing okay. you all the light. Bye, 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 bye. This weekend. <laughs> right, Rob is, Rob's like, Rob's like, I'm gone. I've been I haven't said a thing into this microphone for 45 yep. minutes. I'm out of here. I'm hungry. Time. Happy World Photo Day. What up? Shout out to photos. Shout out to photos. Worldphotoday.com is down. <laughs> There's a link to it, and it's also World Humanitarian Day. Hmm. Hmm. That was on the same. Barack Obama, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. Bless up. Thanks. To O Dog. (laughs) Uh, All right. Three after. All right. Yeah. That was a big stretch to a good clap. (laughs) Ugh.